Hi, hello, happy February. I've just been in a singing mood lately. And when I'm recording this, I'm in a really great mood. Uh, I did not have a great week last week. Um, really, 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 really rough. I got through it. I'm here. I'm alive. And that's all I can think about. You know, no need to dwell on what it was. Um, and not, not a lot else to say, but thank you. And um, I'm so excited for you guys to listen to Kaylee Quick. She was so lovely to come and talk with me, and she has pearls on pearls on pearls of wisdom and growth, and she shares so much of her story, and for that, I am eternally grateful. And so I'm just going to quit chit-chatting so you can listen to her talk. Hello. What a great name. Oh, thanks. That's so fun. I was just telling telling some friends of mine that uh, one time I, I, I used to live in San Francisco, and I lost my BART card or something like that. And I went to go fill out some paperwork at one mm-hmm. of the BART stations. I'm like, oh, yeah, well, I lost. And the guy was like, Kayla Quick, that's a star's name. <laughs> and I was like, okay, Great. well. Perfect. And then I was like, thank you, sir. And I'm not long for this city. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> be like, oh, I feel like that would be like, oh, first of all, your shoes, she has shoes that have peacocks on them. They're so cool. Yeah. Um, Love peacocks. They're my, uh, sounds cheesy to say it, they're my spirit That's animal. That's so awesome. I was a peacock for Halloween. Oh, you were? Several times as a little kid. Oh, that's fun. Fascination with it. Oh, um, yeah, they're beautiful. I feel like that would be the moment that you're like, okay, I am going to be a star. And then, like, you <laughs> I was like, thank you, mister. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> know what I was going to do with my future. <laughs> um, so what are you doing here in L.A.? Well, I moved here about a year and a half ago. Okay, so you're pretty new. Um, pretty new to L.A. Um, I've been doing comedy, though, since 2011, so for a long time. Um, feels like a long time. I guess it's really only yeah, eight years. Eight years, that's a yeah, fair it's chunk. It's a good amount of time. Um, yeah, and I've been doing theater, like, pretty much my whole life. Um, but I decided to move to L.A. after my marriage ended up in San Francisco, and and... I stayed there for a couple years after that all happened, and I was like, okay, time for me to move on to yeah. a new place. So, Do you yeah. like it here? Yeah. I <laughs> People around Christmas time, I, I went home, and my uncle is like, well, do you li- what, how do you like L.A.? I'm like, you know, I just stopped hating it. Yeah. It, it took, took me, me exactly a year to stop hating it. Took it took me four years. Four years? Four years. Wow. Wait, how long year. have you been here? Um, I'm on my fifth year. Oh, nice. So I've been here four and a half years. I went back to New York to visit, and um, I lived there for six years. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, the second day in, I th- it was the first time I realized how much I liked it out here. Um, not that I don't love New York, but it's got its challenges. Yeah. And its hardness. And I was, it was something that I didn't realize that, like, was not necessarily good for me at right. the time. Because right. I loved it. You know, it's like a, a bad boyfriend. You know, yeah. you love it so much, even yeah. though they're not necessarily doing anything to you, but they're still toxic. They're toxic because they're not, like, supporting you. Yes. Yeah, you're not, you're, you're surviving, not thriving. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that was exactly the thing. So yeah. I was like, oh, okay, I like it here. Mm-hmm. There's plenty I don't, but eh, yeah. it's the same with any city, right? I, yeah, I think what I love about, now, now that I can say that there are things I love about L.A., is... Um, I've really fine-tuned my ability to see through most people's bullshit. Yeah. And that uh, being able to have, like, x-ray vision <laughs> is so 
is so rewarding. Yeah. I think what's interesting about like this podcast that you have is it's asking people to be self-reflective about their experiences and their emotions and like whatever. And I don't think people spend enough time doing that in preparation to go out and date or be casual or whatever. Like people don't sit and ask like, what do I need right now? Yeah. And coming at people with that, just this, the, the openness that I just, you know, from my experience and who I am and, and people, I not understanding and not reciprocating and Mm -hmm. like, then I'm feeling judged. Um, and then I, it was, I was like, oh, not everybody's like this. Not everybody wants to give and yeah, take. Yeah, no, they don't want to engage in that way. Yeah. And I get it. Yeah. Um, There's just like, I feel like people in L.A. really wear their armor everywhere. Yes. And it's yeah. bulky. Agreed. So a bulky. Beautiful picture that paints. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And it's like, I look at some of the people that I encounter who are wearing so much armor, and I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Wouldn't you be so much more comfortable? Yeah, without it. On. Without it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to say yes, <laughs> like, but I'm not there. But it's not a place that, that necessarily like, rewards that yeah. in every area. I truly yeah. think, like, you can't be successful in this town. I mean, you can. But I think the people that I admire who are successful in this town have incorporated vulnerability into their yeah, work. Sure. Um, but, yeah, not everybody can see that. Do you, I think for me it's like, well, whether or not I'm successful, I want to live an honest and vulnerable life because that's just who I am and that's who I'm comfortable being. And I could bend myself out of shape to try to be less of that yeah. and pursue some pathway of success in doing that. But I don't know. I'd rather just, <laughs> like, first and foremost, be myself. Yeah, I yeah. agree with that. And I, it's and that's hard in this it's in this industry because you can't always you have to find your ways around almost being yourself, mm-hmm. but still being yourself. Yeah. Because I feel like at the in the day when you get to be successful or your amount of success that you'd like, and you haven't put yourself first or your values or or then you're like you have vulnerable. to run it back. Yeah, and then yeah. you're in trouble, yeah. you know? And so I'm, I feel the same way. And and even though I'm older and I'm like, oh, you should really, like, sometimes I think, oh, well, you should just get over yourself and, like, suck it up. And I'm like, nah. No. That's not comfortable for yeah. me. Yeah. As a human being. You know, I'd rather be a good human yeah. being than successful and not. Also, there's a certain success in trying. Like, I, uh... I don't know. I, I I think back to five years ago. I don't think I ever thought when I was still married and when I was in San Francisco that I would s- be here doing what yeah. I'm doing, let alone accomplishing some of the things that I've accomplished in that time. And isn't that just enough? Isn't there just success in pursuing it? Yeah. I think there is. And I think there's so many experiences that go with that. And yeah. Like you have to learn something to to do whatever you're doing because of this experience like that's why actors in particular are pretty cool like human beings because they're good they, learners yeah and they've yeah. Done, they a lot of the times i can't speak about every actor obviously but <laughs> have had to learn different skills to yeah. do something um and so they have a lot of they're not masters usually but you know isn't that enough like right. what you're saying it's like it's nice because it's like to I've be just a student of life yeah yeah yes. 
perfect. Yeah. Um, so, obviously, the, this is about depression. Mm-hmm. Um, how does that show up for you? Is this a new thing, an oh, old yeah. thing? Oh, no. I feel like depression has been with me my entire life. Um, and it's shown up in different ways. Like, uh, yeah, I, and I can't really distinguish what is and isn't depression, like, in my younger life. Mm-hmm. Um, there were moments where I, I've, I was told by my family a lot that I was, like, a very dramatic child. But, like, I just feel things very deeply. Yeah. And I don't know if that's a part of depression or whatever, but or if that's just, like, a characteristic of me and like how my depression manifests but I remember I only have one sibling my my little brother he's six and a half years younger than me I remember when he was like an, a little baby I remember going into his room at night and look and like watching him sleep and then being overwhelmed yeah by the thought that like he's not always going to be this small like <laughs> what kind of six and a half year old seven year old yeah eight-year-old is thinking those thoughts anyway so I don't know I've (laughs) kind of always been a little bit melancholy I'm a Pisces okay so that's I just you know when's your birthday March 15th okay I'm not good I don't with the sides I know mine and that's usually about it yeah okay but um yeah what are you a Virgo Virgo cool I get along well with Virgos um yeah and then there was I had a a friend of mine die very young we were all nine years old he was in my fourth grade class he had a heart condition and he died on the like soccer field after school one day and I just remember like (laughs) being um very in touch with my grief around that um yeah and then I you know there were other uh unfortunately other friends that died along the way like before I even went off to college um so I don't know, like, I think it's my response to grief that sends me into mm-hmm. depression, which, like, makes sense. That's, yeah. I feel like that's a normal human thing. Um, and it's being overwhelmed by all of the emotions around it, and it's it's overwhelm around, like, the how big, how both big and small life can be at the same time. I don't know. Maybe I'm just talking crazy. No, not at all. Uh, I think that you're obviously incredibly empathetic (laughs) because I was the same way. And I had a lot of death when I was growing up. And my grandfather died when I was in fourth grade. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, the people my age died and things like that. And I I think I use those opportunities to cry because the same thing, like everything you're saying, I'm like, oh, yes, I feel everything too much Mm -hmm. and too deeply. And it's overwhelming. Um, And I've said before, but like, there's an ep- or a scene where Ben Stiller is mean to Adam Sandler's grandma in Happy Gilmore. Uh-huh. And it would bring, like, my heart and chest would hurt mm-hmm. because I was so sad. Mm-hmm. And I just recently realized that, like, I think that maybe I have um, cut that off. Mm-hmm. Like, I've learned some way in my brain to, like, you to... So I could, because I was tired. I was so tired and overwhelmed. And there's so much going on. Like, I couldn't do it anymore. And I think that comes across as, like, me being not as nice or kind Mm. of bitchy. And if, if, whatever, you know, it is what it is. I don't read that, but. but. um, (laughs) I mean, there's definitely sometimes I I think, like, my brain is like, okay, you. You You can't go down the emotional pathway. Just cut it off and just, it's so I'm like, I really can't deal with this. Yeah. (laughs) And then I walk away from it. Yeah. Um. But it seems 
like that's how I grew up as well the yeah. same way um, and I think I would use funerals to cry because yeah. that's where it was okay to and do so I found that I would cry for the loss but I would also be crying for like this scary confusing thing that life is yeah and what are we doing here and like what's how can we yeah I don't know like I would get overwhelmed by everything in those instances and then um you know in recent years so like I the end of my marriage was very messy and involved a lot of um, dis years of deception and betrayal that were uncovered to me in a matter of 48 hours. Yeah. Um, and so that left me with a lot of um, PTSD. Um, yeah, because like the r literal rug was not just the rug, the floor seemed yeah. to give out from underneath everything that I thought I knew. Um, and I was with uh, my ex-husband for... Uh, we dated for four years, and then we were married for four years. So, like, okay. very long, long time. time. Yeah, like <laughs> long time in the spec in the you know, span of my life. Yeah. Um. So yeah, depression for me after that showed up as like I can't get out of bed most days, and like, what's the fucking point? Mm -hmm. And there's nothing I can do about it, and really losing sight of how little every day changes and routines could make my life better so like for a good two and a half three years like I'm I'm just now kind of getting into routines again after my whole life had yeah. kind of been blown up um yeah everything was just very chaotic for me because I was kind of constantly questioning everything yeah with and you know you said you had PTSD from that and I think that people don't realize how something like that can really give you like I just recently there was something that that I realized like oh I didn't understand that that's what what that was mm -hmm. um makes you go back and question your reality like very yes. deeply and very like fine-tooth comb yeah it's insane mm -hmm. and it's because I'm fascinated by even like when I am at work and I'm I watch these people come in and just wondering like what their lives are, how they're feeling, like yeah. what their what walls they're putting up, and like mm. why why they react the way they react, mm -hmm. um, and and try to be as gentle as possible <laughs> in a customer service position that I can, but totally um, because I don't know what their story is. Yeah, either. I don't, you know, don't know, know what, what they went through, through that day. Yeah. Oh my God, I was <sighs> I put so much on Lyft drivers. <laughs> <laughs> and when I was going through it, oh man, how's your day? Well, <laughs> and they're like, okay, well, okay. husband, <laughs> just, it turns out he's cheating on me, and I just learned about it. And uh, yeah, can you just take me to my fucking job today? <laughs> like I was horrible. I'm sure it was horrible to many people, and I will pay my penance for that. Yeah. And I think, yeah, you know, it happens. Happens. As long as someone's not because. I don't mind, like, as some at work, if someone unloads. Yeah. In a, they're not yelling at me, right? Like, or taking it's more about the situation. Just like, yeah. This is what's going on in my life. Uh, I would, I appreciate that far more than you just not saying anything. Being that's angry true. Anything. Yeah. I guess I could have just been like, I'm fine. I'm sure I did that many times yeah. too. You know, grief shows up in so yeah. many different ways. What's crazy about? What's crazy? Looking back, like. Uh, the different waves of what I was going through when I was going through it. Um, my marriage ended at the end of 2015. Um, yeah, so I'm like three, three years out of it now. 
but uh the different stages of it like it's not fucking linear you'll wake up one day and be like oh i'm over oh i'm happy again yeah what this is great and then you think that happiness is there forever, forever. and then something happens and it just like pulls you right down yeah. back into it um and it i think if i were to look at a chart over time the the trend line would mm -hmm. be you know things are looking up but uh when those low points hit you, yeah, it can really take the wind out of you. Would you say it? it's more situational with you? Mm -hmm. Like something happens and result is this is how I deal with this. Sometimes it's situational. Yeah, usually. I mean, I, I think a lot. I'm an analyzer. Yeah. And I, um, yeah, I, I like... I don't want to spend a lot of time thinking about relationships. And so a lot of times it's like a relationship related thing. And, and not even, I'm not even talking about like romantic relationships, right. but it could be just like, you know, relating to someone. Um, yeah. And I, I try to be really self-reflective. And so sometimes I'm my own like worst critic and one of those things will spin me into it. Um, sometimes something will happen externally in the world that will reinforce some kind of negative st story I have that pl that plays in my head yeah. that has probably played in my head my entire life. Like it'll just like start that tape back up again, and that's how I get pulled down. Yeah. Do you have you ever seen like a therapist or? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Let's see. My first time seeing a therapist. Well, I um. I had really bad depression in college to the point where, like, I uh, was on uh, academic probation for a semester, and then I went back and had had them fully, like, scrap that whole semester because I didn't want to deal with having it on my, like, record. Sure. Um, and in order to do that, I had to, like, <laughs> prove that I was depressed. I'm like, no, like, I don't even want to get out of bed even to do the things I like to do. Yeah. Um, so... I started seeing a on-campus therapist then in order to like kind of that that was a I did that like for with a purpose in mind it wasn't just like oh I need to see a therapist right. which like I probably I should have just been seeing one um but yeah I, I didn't really have a therapist I, I'd been seeing therapists off and on after college and then didn't really have one I liked until the day after my marriage ended no the day after I found out my husband was cheating because it took like a week to like end everything basically but after uh the day after I found out he was cheating um I called this this group in San Francisco and I was like I need a therapist like here's what I'm going through and their intake people are students uh like training to be therapists and so they were really whoever I got on the phone really understood <laughs> what the heck I was going through because she directed me to the best therapist I'll ever have in my entire life. And I miss her so much. <laughs> She's in San Francisco. Um, but yeah, she got me, she saw me through everything from that, that first day of like learning about it. That's awesome. Yeah. It doesn't, it's just like finding a good friend, you know, it's yeah. the same situation. It's like not every therapist. And that's why it's so difficult because if you go see someone, um, that you don't mesh with. Yeah. Like, 
the one time I went saw her a few times, but she just I, it, she wasn't for me. And yeah, it was hard enough to go to her, and now you're telling me like basically I have to go find somebody else. Yeah, you have to like date therapists, and I'm like, and you're like uh, you have to tell your whole fucking life story over and over, over again, over. which drives me crazy. Yeah, yeah, and it's a really vulnerable thing. I. I think as I was, when I was younger, I didn't see it as that. I thought, well, of course, this is a safe space for me to come in and talk. And then the first time I went to a therapist, I was like, oh, I don't, I don't feel safe. Yeah. And not because of anything she did. She yeah. was very lovely. Um, it was just like the idea, I think there was a comfort in the judgment of mm-hmm. maybe my friends. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't mean necessarily in a negative connota- connotation, but they're going to judge the situation or me or the other yeah. person and it's like I don't need you to be on my side mm-hmm. like I'm just and I'm guilty of that too but I just need to tell you what's I want to tell you what's going on yeah and I want you to not say anything and they're like well, maybe you should go see a therapist that's what their job <laughs> that's is. literally their job oh okay, okay yeah okay. Um, well you can find it's interesting because you can find all kinds of therapists ones that want to give you advice ones yeah. that you know whatever um yeah, I had a weird, <laughs> I'm going to say, I had a weird therapist uh, in college. So when I decided to venture out f- from, like, the on-camp, what they were offering on campus for therapy, I went to this lady in Oakland, because uh, I, I went to school in Berkeley. Um, I went to this lady in Oakland. I remember taking the bus to her office. And she would just sit there and stare at me while I talked and literally said nothing back to me. And I was like, this, whatever this nonsense is, I don't know what kind of style therapy this is, but yeah. it is not for me. Yeah. That was very similar to my experience. I hated it. Because I was like, what I loved about the best therapist I will probably ever have in San Francisco, wish I could say her name, <laughs> I probably shouldn't. But anyway, um, is that she would she would reflect back to me patterns of things that I had been yeah. saying. That's awesome. Like, I want, yeah, uh, you know, look over your notes before a session and, like, see what I said last time and what am I worried about this time and why do I worry about the same things? Or, like, why am I still replaying a conversation from two days ago in my head in, you know, in, in like, once a month? Yeah. You know? And to provoke, I, you know, I wanted questions to be provoked. You know, I wanted the same thing. Like, I wanted to have listened. Granted, I was only there three times, but... To have paid attention and figured out a way to kind of trick me into to seeing for yourself, yes, like, which is yeah. the point, right? Yeah, totally. You know, is to to kind of. I think what she did was try to let me talk myself into a circle mm-hmm. till I just kept talking and realized by saying it out loud, mm-hmm. just in general, I was able to come to my own conclusion right. and fix my fix myself. Yeah, so yeah, to yeah. Speak. Which is like I'm not paying I'm not paying you right. to sit there and just let me fix myself. Because if that's the case, like I'm just gonna sit in my room and, and cry it out. S- and or talk out loud and talk and out loud like, yeah. figure it out on my own. Yeah. Um I think But sometimes a person sitting there right, looking at you say. makes you take yourself more seriously. Yeah. Right? That's the thing is like I think a lot of the things you can come to during the in that style of therapy where they just don't say anything to you, a lot of that is they're looking at you, making you take your own words seriously. And also realizing, like, maybe I'm not as open as I thought I was. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm not as comfortable with with talking about depression or talking about my feelings as I thought I was. Um, 
this was you know eight years ago, so yeah, leaps and bounds. It's a little <laughs> bit different, <laughs> but I remember thinking at the time how vulnerable, and I was also in a very depressed state. Mm. So yeah. I, it, it was a, it was a different situation. So I was guarded because I already felt vulnerable. Yeah, and now I'm making myself vo- more vulnerable, and I realize right. like, oh, okay, like this is something to work on. And I gained a lot from Mm -hmm. those few sessions. Totally. um, Which is nice. But that's so nice that like my brother had a therapist that he moved away. And it's like, well, I'm never going to see her again. I know. And the grief, is that something like the grief that comes with that? Yeah. How difficult was that situation? You know, that was all mixed up with me moving here so quickly that I don't know how much I could isolate it from the whole just like adjustment. Because, you know, like, you go through adjustment trauma when you move to a new city. And, um, yeah, so I don't know how much of that was just, like, missing everything in San Francisco that I got comfort from. Um, But, yeah, I have yet to venture out and find a therapist here just because I I just don't know that I'll, you know, find one. There have been times I've gone back to San Francisco and I'm like, oh, I should see if she's free. But, um, yeah, I never... Why not? Oh, through on it. I know I should. I'm going back in April. Maybe I should just like pop in. Yeah. But I've, I feel like in 50 minutes, I have so much to share. Yeah, that's true. It would really just be people. like, here's how great I'm doing now. Kind of catch up. Yeah. It wouldn't really like we wouldn't be able to get to work on stuff. Yeah. Did she do like Skype? Um, I never did Skype with her. I did do. Um, I did do phone sessions with her sometimes when I was like out of town for work or something but that was because that's when I was going through it like when I was going when I was going through my divorce that April is when Beyonce released Lemonade I literally had a whole (laughs) session on the phone with my therapist where I talked through Lemonade and this is when at the moment I fell in love with her I was like okay so like Beyonce put out this new and she's like Lemonade I know and I was like god damn it you're so cool (laughs) I was like you're so cool but, yeah, we talked, and I just talked about, like, what Lemonade brought up for me because it really did bring up a lot of things. That's awesome. Yeah. Isn't that, I mean, isn't that the point, right? Of point of art. art. That's the point of real, like, that is literally, like, yeah, I think that's the definition of art right there. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah, that's cool. For that to provoke that. Yeah. Um, so, what, like, you mentioned that, like, when you're going through, like, depressed stages, like, you just don't want to get out of bed. Yeah. Um, it's kind of, like, hard to see the point of the little things that I have to do. Yeah. Is there anything, like, because it, I think that's a, a pretty common yeah. thing, I, unless you're a super high-functioning, um, depressed person, which I guess exists. Yeah. Um, I mean, do you use things for comfort as far as, like... Yeah. Well, okay, so this is something I meant to bring up. I, at the beginning of last year, I, I realized I had been on anti- antidepressants for probably about 10 years and been on birth control for probably about 10 years. And I was like, you know what? I want to, I don't want to be on birth control anymore. I'm not in a serious relationship. Like I'm not, I wasn't really necessarily concerned with dating or whatever at the time. And, um, then I also went off just kind of by default went off of my antidepressants and I am able to manage it on with like exercise Mm -hmm. and diet and making sure I get enough sleep. And if I don't get enough sleep, like I know I'm going to have like crash and burn kind of 
couple weeks coming up. Um, not, you know, and not drinking, like, everything in moderation, like they say. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. When I feel myself going through a depressed, like, I, I feel one coming on, I'm just, like, extra, extra. I have to be, sup like, super mommy to myself. Yeah. And just be like, uh, okay. You know, I don't know. You. I don't know if they answered it, your yeah. question. Uh, well, so when it's coming... We say when you feel like it's coming on, what are like indicators for mm, that? Yeah, and do they have? Do they stay mm. the same? They're never the same. I feel like they're never the same. Um, but yeah, what are indicators? I don't know. I just start to feel. I get really catastrophic about things, um, and all or nothing yeah. thinking. Like these are like you know. I'll never forget, actually, that first therapist I saw in college handed me, like, a sheet, and he was like, okay, do you do, the, do any of these statements apply to you? And it's like, you know, identifying negative thought patterns right. of, like, all or nothing thinking, catastrophizing. Um, yeah, l like, just thoughts of, like, severe low self-worth. Like, <clears throat> I remember one of my worst depressed episodes uh, happened in my first job out of college. I was working for the university and my boss pulled me aside and she's like, listen, you're disappointing everyone. You're failing at this. And like, I realized that failure was one of my trigger words mm -hmm. at the time. This is in 2009 or something like that. And then not too long after that, I started doing improv where it's like you are encouraged to fail and see failure as beautiful that really actually helped me get yeah. away from that being a trigger for me so now when I fail I'm like what can I learn from that and it doesn't that's even awesome. send me down like a path of questioning my self-worth that's awesome yeah that's so cool yeah I know I find like point one improv yeah that <laughs> um, the older I get and the you know your brain chemistry changes and your body changes and obviously totally. and all those things that are obvious. <laughs> um, but like so does the depression and it evolves yeah. into something different. Mm -hmm. So there will be times I've I have not I've been on medication I would say pretty regularly for the past four years. Mm -hmm. um, there are times that I didn't have it just because I didn't have insurance or I didn't have the money to go to the doctor to see. Yeah. Um, but like how it'll sneak up in different ways yeah. and I'll be like weeks into something and I'm like oh my god like and you go back and reflect me mm -hmm. like oh, oh I was a mess what yeah. a pain it must have been to be around me not yeah. that that matters but sure. it's just like one but of those be, things that you don't realize I would say be kind to yourself and be like what a pain it was to be me yeah that's like, very true you're right you know yeah I don't know it's um I kind of have been going through a state I want to say for maybe the past couple weeks and um I yeah I just want to sleep all the time yeah uh and kind of escape into my rich fantasy world <laughs> and not like ex not like exist in the world for a minute a, lo a lot of times for me what depression feels like is I want to be that chick from Out of This World. No, is that the one, Out of This World? Where's the one where she can stop yeah, time? Yeah, I think so. Out of This World where she, like, puts her fingers together and stops time. Like, I just am so overwhelmed. I just want to pause the world for a minute, and that's when I, like, ha 
have to start canceling plans on people yeah. and telling my friends I can't come to their show because I got to be in bed. I have to be in bed. If yeah. I push myself, it's going to be worse later. That's... Do you, is there guilt associated with that? Yes and no. Um, yes, because I don't... I like... I want to be that friend that you can count on to be there. Right. But also, if I'm not that friend to myself, am I really good at being that friend? Right. right? So if, you know, Kaylee is screaming for, like, I need to be in bed and recharge myself right now. Like, I got to. That's I, really lovely. I, <laughs> yeah. I and like, not common. And not something that, like, I have. It's honestly, my friends have given me the permission to do that. That's cool. Like, because I've, in the past, I've expressed a lot of guilt, like, oh, I feel so terrible. I can't come to your show. Well, I said I'd be there. Like, I really want to see this one. And my friend, Kaina, who is a wonderful person who understands anxiety and depression, she works with, like, homeless teens. She's basically a saint person. She is like, there will be other shows. Like, there will be other shows. Yeah. That's I'm not your friend, so you come to my shows. Right. You know. That's And that's, favorite. those are, like, good those are good people who yeah, get it. Yeah, those are good people. Yeah, and I feel less guilt when I can see it coming. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, listen, I know I said I'd be at your show tonight. It's 10 a.m. I'm telling you right now, yeah. I'm not going to make it. And that's and that's nice to like see that. I, I still feel some guilt for canceling, but I also a couple years ago just was like, stop saying yes to things and stop saying you're going to things. Mm -hmm. Because I know that you want to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You gotta talk to yourself. And, like, yeah. And I'm, you want to, you want to be that friend that yeah. is there. And there was a lot of guilt associated with that. And that like, I'm just not that friend that totally can sacrifice because I can't set those two things aside. Also, if you don't commit yourself to those things then you can't fail I'm a little bit of a self-saboteur and so I like want to be superwoman and go to everything and do everything right. and then I cancel and then I feel this guilt that I basically set myself up to feel yeah yep it's I like, would watch what? myself say yes to things and know in the moment that I said <laughs> yes that I was not going to attend and not because I didn't want to and right. not because I was because you're just, over scheduled yeah because I would overschedule myself in the way that I'm not valuing my feelings and thoughts. Right. And that's still something that I, you know, have totally. to struggle with. And the fact that you're just like, no, I, I need to go and be in bed. Yeah. And that's fine. And I don't feel guilt about that. And I shouldn't. Yeah. No one should. Right. You know, I think there's, we set up so many expectations for people and myself included and then get disappointed. And yeah. Like, we'll stop setting expectations yeah. up so you know, high. A, yeah exactly yeah. and um i had talked to someone recently like everybody has different values and like uh love languages yeah we were talking about and um and if you know somebody else's if you pay attention and like realize that we're not on the same plane we do not have the same language in that way so i can't have the same kind of expectations for every single person right that i'm just setting myself up for failure um and that took a lot of like i was that eased a lot of pain and a yeah. lot of guilt and a That's lot of, of that which was nice and um and to take away yeah from that you know there are plenty of days that like i i'm not i'm i am more of a homebody than i am social because mm -hmm. it's too exhaust it's mm -hmm. exhausting a lot of the times yeah um I've only recently been become that way. Yeah. I used to be super, super social 
like to the point where my my ex-husband was like can we go now and i'm like <laughs> but the party's not over like yeah i want to talk to everybody um so yeah like i will excuse myself when i if if i'm somewhere and i'd rather be in bed <laughs> i'm like oh it's time to go yeah you know and i have that feeling a lot too and then i think oh god am i just like it, it goes back and forth it's like well then I'm, am, gonna, am I going to miss out? I don't really have, like, a fear of missing out. Yeah. Syndrome. So I to used speak. to have that really bad. Well, I'm sure you did, too. Yeah. But I just, like, now can realize I was like, it's the same thing with, like, dating. Like, I don't, I would rather be at my house and watching TV mm-hmm. or doing anything at my house um, than w- being somewhere else and wanting to be at home. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But then I, th- you know, then I think especially in this like career it requires you to do a lot of Mm -hmm. active stuff and I think well do I love acting enough if if I don't want to do that over being at my house yeah so it it took it takes its toll sometimes because it's like no that's not true like I know plenty of homebody actors I know I just like you have this picture in your head, and like, yeah. always constantly doing stuff. I'm like, wow, yeah, well, that's there's ways to network from the comfort of your own couch yes. too. And I try to do that as much as there I possibly you go. can. There you go. So I don't have to. That's all you can do. Um, so when you're going through periods of depression, mm-hmm. do you? I think I sort of asked this, but like I like to watch m- movies oh, yeah. or go to the movies by myself. Oh or, yeah, nice. You know, there's ice cream involved, and, mm-hmm. or there's alcohol. <laughs> I like don't want to go anywhere. Yeah. I just, like, want to be... I have a very... Um, I really like my home. And, uh, like, I have a bathtub. Sometimes that's a thing. Usually, actually, I find that I am take I take a bath uh, when I'm being... When I'm, like, in a healthier state of mind. Yeah. Um, but I like to tell myself that if I were depressed and wanted to take yeah. a bath, I could. Uh, <laughs> I love baths, and I feel the exact same way. Yeah. I think if I was in that state and taking a bath, like, I just, even now talking just about it. Just be like, how do I get feels, out of the bath? Yeah, I feel like, blech. <laughs> because, A, the fact that I'm bathing at all yeah. during that period <laughs> is, is enough. <laughs> but it's just like, let's get this in and out. Yeah. I don't like taking showers. I like mastered it's like three minutes i'm in and out yeah because i don't care right if i'm taking a bath yeah i care about myself yeah i care about yourself you're like in touch with yeah i actually feel very um disconnected from my body when i'm depressed like it's like my my body and my mind are two separate machines and um i just started working out like very consistently five days a week back in i don't know like november or something and now I, I think I get through those periods faster because I for, I'm forced to make my body and my mind connect. Yeah, what does that look like for me? It means uh, it's like a lot of ordering postma- Postmates because I don't want to leave my house. Sometimes it's just, it's just like I recently slept for like 13 hours one night yeah. because I was just like, ugh, I can't get enough sleep. Do you do, like, I, I think I feel sometimes like ordering Postmates or ordering pizza and order like eating poorly. Yeah. And all these things like. I try not to eat poorly. Yeah, that's nice. Because I smart. think like the it grease can really. <laughs> really, it really makes it, it worse. It makes it worse. Yeah, yeah totally. Um, but like I, I, I sit there and say, well, well, I deserve this because I feel sure. so terrible. You got to let yourself I, have a couple of those. Yes. Yeah. Um, but are there like I watch 
I don't know if I'm actively ever doing something that I'm like, oh, this will help alleviate some of mm. this pain. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I go to movies because I'm alone mm-hmm. and um, it's in the dark. And yeah. it's, I'm, I would usually go see something pretty sad. like sad. Yeah, yeah. you can release yep. some emotions. Yeah. Um, so I can really live in that My place. tarot lady says that emotional release is very important. Ugh, I love it. And her. if you don't, if you don't let it, if you're, an, if you're an empath and you don't let some of that shit out, it's going to show up in really bad health ways. Yeah. And I actually f- have found that I get depressed when I haven't had a good cry in a while. Yeah. It like builds up. So I'm actually, I'm, th- I'm taking what you're saying right now and I'm like, maybe if I develop a strategy to make myself watch like Steel Magnolias once yes, a week. And, like, that's like, my movie. <laughs> yeah, it's a great movie. I love that if movie. I, I used to, as a, that in Beaches, Ugh. I would watch. Um, yeah. I remember as a later teenager mm-hmm. for the sole purpose of crying. Yeah. Because I will sob as if my mother had died. Right. It's nuts. I remember the first time I saw City of Angels. Oh, that's hard, too. That one was a hard one because you think it's going to be all good in the hood, and they're gonna, and yeah. then that happens, and it's like, what? Oh, yeah. God. I, like, don't even want to spoil it. It's such an old yeah. movie. I know. I watched it maybe about a year or so ago, and I forgot, and I was like, oh, good. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I would, I indulge yeah. my depression. Whereas I've talked to some people that have very, and maybe they haven't always, but the mm-hmm. just different, you know, way of thinking and brain, but of ways of like doing something active mm-hmm. to get Stay out of out it. Of it yeah. And I'm like, ugh, I wish I had that drive. And yeah. maybe, you know, I, I, because the defensive part of me is like, oh, well, you don't have it as bad. Yeah. You know, you're not in the same thought process. And it's like, well, A, I don't know that. Yeah. And B, it's not a competition. <laughs> Totally. It's not a competition. Something brilliant that my therapist in San Francisco said to me, and I remember this might have been like a year or whatever after my marriage ended. I was like, I just keep going through. I told her I was like, it would be like in my mind, I'm walking past an alleyway and I look in the alleyway and there's a big old dumpster and I just want to go through it. I just want to fucking go through all the shit that's in that dumpster. And she's like, that's fine to do that when you want to. But when it starts to hurt to do that, just walk past the alleyway and don't even turn the corner. Like just what she was like, what if instead of every time you see that dumpster, maybe you engage with it one every five times, you know, and the dumpster, of course, is like all of the negative thoughts and like fears and um, things that cause you to be overwhelmed. Um, yeah. And what, like, th- I think, because I, I, a lot of people with depression, you're kind of a self-sabotage. Yeah. Like, why would you not find a different way to go? Like, if there was an alternate, even a longer way to go, so yeah. you didn't have to pass that alley, so you didn't have to see that. Yeah. Why would you not create a new path in that way? Yeah. You know? In my mind, I don't think I... S- saw another one I just kept going back to it I mean a lot of it for me was that I was gaslit for many years in my relationship and um a lot of it for me was like I had to put piece back together my really my sense of reality sure because my intuition was going one direction and then what I was trying to convince myself was true in the moment was another direction and then looking back on those things with this new information Mm -hmm. like I had to calibrate it all and so 
I don't think I was a good enough judge at like how, <laughs> when has this calibration turned into just reliving the pain? Right. Um, and that's kind of what she was trying to get me to ask myself. It's like, yeah, there was a, a certain period of time that it was necessary for you to go through everything in that dumpster. Yeah. And now, now you don't even have to deal with it. Now it's not even your dumpster, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know if that makes any sense, but. Makes sense. Yeah. Why? I mean, it's a great question though. Like, why wouldn't I, I think for me it was, I was so focused on like, let me get this straight. Right. For like two years. Like, let me get this straight. And then, you know, even creating new stories in my mind of like, well, if this was happening and this was happening, then probably that was happening. And um, that's kind of when it became detrimental and dangerous yeah. is when I was making up stories not based on fact. Right. But it's hard. Like, and, I, you know, I ask that question because I, I think the same thing for me is, like, I'll find myself in a friend, you know, I, I would be in a friend relationship that was not, was too too toxic. And, mm-hmm. this, and I, you know, I have just as much um, involvement in that as well. Maybe not always. But, um, sure. As far as, like, I think because I haven't dated and I haven't had a significant other that I would use whatever friendship was closest and I'd get too involved and didn't realize. Yeah. Um, but but reliving these things when I'm fully aware that it's not healthy and what I'm doing is, yeah, for the same point. Like, yeah. why couldn't I just go another way? This yeah. is so silly. And obviously that's that's yeah. coming from a place of outside of the situation. I'm not sure if I'm making this up right now or if I heard it before. I feel like I've heard it. I feel like I heard it somewhere and I'm just regurgitating it. But like a brain with depression or anxiety is kind of like a record that gets stuck in a groove, right? And like those periods of depression are that, are your record getting stuck before you can like move past it. And so I think that is why there's a lot of like dwelling on, like there's a lot of dwelling yeah. On things and how they made you feel or they might have made other people feel. Yeah. Until for me, it's like it's like I feel and feel and feel until I'm numb. And yeah. then I can't. Like I'm hopeless and joyless for yeah. like a minute. And sometimes that literally is a minute. And sometimes it's like a day or a whole weekend. I don't I haven't had a whole week where I felt that yeah. in a long time. And it's. And that point, it, it, that makes it worse, I feel like, because I feel like it's compounding. And, it's, and and now I've lost my joy and I've lost my yeah my kind of will, you know, to live or to think, you know, rationally. Yeah. Because I've, I feel like when you're going through those periods also, it's like your brain is drunk. Yeah. And yeah. your body is aware, but your brain is like, sorry. I'm running things yeah. types of situations. Right. And so you live in this small world. Just mm-hmm. like, I, that's what I imagine, like, when you're talking about the record, like, there's these tiny divots that get, you get stuck in. Yeah. And it's this tiny world that this is all I can think about. And, yeah. and I'm o- overwhelmed or consumed by it. Yeah. And um, I'm going to think about it until I'm literally drained from thinking about it. Yeah. And then I will be able to move on. Yeah. And then it's lovely. And then wonderful. It's, yeah. Then it's lovely for a minute. Yeah. Um, so you brought up anxiety. Is that something that you deal with or? Yeah, I think anxiety for me is like is either high anxiety caused by something in life can 
can then send me into a depression mm-hmm. or the reverse, which, which happened to me recently. It was like, I was really depressed for a week and then I got back to work and I could literally feel everyone else's like yeah. anxiety about whatever needed to be done. And I was like, just sopping that up. So this week I've been very anxious because I'm like, oh, I have to make up for being depressed last week. Yeah. Well, like when you say you're anxious, how does that feel? Like, how oh. would you describe it? Anxious is staying up all night, thinking about all the million things I have to do, maybe doing some some of them, like half of them. Um, it's just like racing thoughts uh, and feeling like not enough is getting done. Yeah. Whereas like on my, on my like more well-balanced, healthier weeks, I'll be like, oh, I accomplished bing, bang, and bong today. Yeah. Good day. But like during my anxiety weeks, it'll be like, Okay, I've got a list of 15 things to do. If I don't do all these things, I suck. You know what I mean? Does it show up physically at all? Um, Yeah, the past couple days it has showed up as, like, I'm not drinking enough water. I'm just, like, go, go, go. Uh, I've had, like, maybe one cup of coffee a day, and I am, like, jittery and, like, huh, what? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to stop drinking coffee. Yeah. Yeah. which is a bummer because I love it so much, but it is, I didn't realize how much it was affecting me negatively. Yeah. Because there were definitely some coffee brands like I could not have, Mm -hmm. Um, but this would just send me in like a tailspin. The same thing. It's like, I have a problem with, um, I will be trying to like do one thing mm-hmm. and I'm like, okay, let's just focus on this. If we can just focus on this, I can't compartmentalize, I guess. Yeah. So like the anxiety just that. intensifies that. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, um, like I'll have a conversation via text with a friend while I'm trying to do something. Yeah. But I get so wrapped up in that and get so excited and happy that when it's over, there's a point of loss that I now have to deal with. Yeah. And then like a long time ago, that would have sent me straight into being depressed and like, yeah. oh, and overanalyzing and all these things. And mm-hmm. now I'm realizing like, okay, like at least I know that this is what th- the anxiety is doing, in, yeah. you know, with the depression, but right. I can kind of change that. Yeah. Um, and so it makes like your brain just cannot, like I, people that can just be like, oh, no. Yeah. Like I could do this and I could do this and I could do this. But yeah. I also think the, the coin flip of not being able to compartmentalize I think personally is the ability to see things holistically because like the reason why I get overwhelmed and which probably would be alleviated by me compartmentalizing is because I see that everything is connected to everything okay like sounds super stoner but (laughs) (laughs) but it's just like um I for instance when I'm doing like HR at a company that I work at. Like the ways that the teams communicate is directly linked to the company's monetary success, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And like if I compartmentalized, I wouldn't see those things as sure. part of a whole. And they are. And I think like that's, you know, that's what I bring to the table. Yeah. And that's an awesome quality mm-hmm. and a great way to, to funnel that into something, which is, I think, so nice to realize like these things that I may have for a long time seen as detrimental or negative aspects of my um, personality um, or of who I am and like realizing like oh well now I can this is what I bring to the table because of this right you know um, 
I'm able to, this is a really dumb example, but uh, parking in LA sucks. Totally. If you live here, you know it. Mm-hmm. Um, just like any major busy city. But I always manage to get pretty good parking spots. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm going somewhere, I'm pretty close. Or I find free parking almost all of the time. Wow. Like in Hollywood. Wow. And so. Get this woman. <laughs> You're the new mayor of yeah, LA. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I, I feel like because I'm so considerate when I park, um, if it's a free spot, I will make sure that the most amount of cars can park in whatever like spaces are in. Yeah. Or that I don't, I won't park in a spot if I think it's too tight for somebody else to get out. Like yeah. very small things like sure. that. Sure. So I think me being empathetic mm-hmm. and like kind in a very small way mm-hmm. gets me something. Yeah. Basically good yeah, karma. It's good. You have good parking karma. Yeah. Um, my friend, like he does not get it. He's like, I don't understand. Oh, I had the worst parking karma like, when I had a car. Because the other day we went to go, he's like, oh, there's a spot. And I was like, I'm just going to go and see if I can find a uh-huh. closer one. And he's like, yeah. well, there's one. And I'm like, I'm still going to go all the way to the place. And sure enough, I, there was a spot right in front of the, the location we're going to. And he's like, oh, this is so aggravating. Yeah. Um, but he's a very kind person. I just like, I think part of the anxiety is overthinking about every single thing mm-hmm. and being an empathetic person, like you're mm-hmm. saying. Um, and that was something I just recently realized, like, I work at a place where, at an ice cream shop, and so it is very simple. I do not understand. You come into a shop, there's a menu. Yeah. You order, right? Or ask if you can do samples. If I give you a sample, which is a metal spoon, yeah. There's cans, on like pretty close. Like these are all seemingly self-explanatory right. things, right? And and I would never put like my dirty spoon down on a, a counter when the was available to put it somewhere yeah. else because right. in my mind I'd be like somebody has to pick that up and that's right. not okay because I just use that and that's not on them even right. though they are getting paid like they still like I'm yeah. being a decent human being like this is what happens all day long yeah right and um I was like oh everybody doesn't think that way like not that's yeah, not, not everybody's part of considerate process yeah yeah and it's like well is it being considerate sure of course it is but like it's also me overthinking you're being kind yeah thing yeah um and getting frustrated when other people aren't as kind or yeah as yeah um going out to eat to a restaurant with other people is really frustrating oh. because it's like well if they don't and this is just like my deal that i have sure. to get, you know deal with but it's like i have to watch other people interact with the wait staff, wait staff. Yeah. and if I if they're not up to par then then I'm getting anxious about that yeah. so it's just not an enjoyable experience so yeah. I don't do it very often yeah. anymore Aww. well at least you know that yeah. it drains you um, and so like and I also like because of that maybe that's why you're not excited about dating because it's a lot of that yes it's a lot of how you treat the bartender yeah observation but for see I look at it differently because um uh, I I went through a, a very serious period where I had to. <laughs> it's funny I'm going to use the word divorce. It has nothing to do with my marriage, but I had to divorce myself from taking ownership of the behavior of people around me. That was like a very difficult process for me because, like, for me it was family related, and I um. Yeah, now when I'm out to eat with like a first date or whatever I'm like yeah how do you treat the white stuff you know and if they give me a look like who the fuck is this guy like yeah I'm gonna give him a look like listen I'm learning too buddy you yeah. know like this is news to me um yeah 
I used to feel like I had to take responsibility for people's yeah. behavior. Oof. Yeah, that's how I feel. What a weight was lifted, though, when I learned yeah. I didn't have to do that. And I'm like, yeah, hmm, let me see about you. Yeah, that's awesome. Oh, it feels, it it's seems nice. so well-adjusted. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I am it, thousands of dollars in therapy. <laughs> <laughs> that's true, too. Yeah, I, you can always, And which is so lovely, I, I think when I talked to um, Lauren... I think, and she they had had tons of therapy too. Yeah, and like you know, being adjusted in that way is so nice. It's so yeah, lovely. I mean, and I'm not like the way I'm talking about my thought processes right now and right here is not nearly as like I'm not this reflective when I'm in the sure. thick of depression or anxiety or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, I think I mean, if there's something so valuable, I was at a bar last night and just grabbing a drink with a friend and I was like yeah I'm really stressed out right now about my job and like just the freedom to be able to tell somebody that and have them be like hey you're gonna be okay like that's exactly what my friend said to me yeah he was like don't worry about it you like you got this job you're gonna be fine yeah and um yeah I don't know it was just like if I didn't have the self-awareness that I need that validation from my friends like to be that vulnerable You know, that's, I think that people are scared to say that they, they need and want validation. Mm-hmm. Um, I just had a conversation with my best friend and she said the same thing. She was like, I didn't realize that I was someone, she's like, I don't need someone to overpraise me, but I do need validation in what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, and I think that's particularly hard and she's not in the entertainment industry, but I think that's particularly hard because we do so much that doesn't get validated. Yeah. And you have to learn how to do it yourself. Yeah. And I can do it to a degree. Sure. And then I can't do it anymore. I do need recognition. And that's where I think jealousy plays a big thing because I'm, I'm working and working and working and maybe somebody else is too. Yeah. But they finally got something like really good. Yeah. I'm excited for them, but also I'm like, man. Yeah. I need someone come tell me. And it doesn't, yeah. like, people saying, oh, but you do all this work and you do, like, okay, cool, thanks. But, like, you're not, I'm not being validated in a way I want to be validated. Yeah. And that must must be on your success list. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's having, like, really learning what I can get validation out of and, and in small ways. Yeah. You know, right. from other things. But that can lead to trouble. Mm-hmm. Like, I worked in restaurants for such a long time and that's a place that you can easily get validation. Yeah. Um, and move, like, move up quickly. Or, yeah. you know, there's a lot of, like, places you can go with that. And I lost track, and I used to work for a company that I, then I got to travel with them. And then all of a sudden I wasn't acting, and I wasn't doing these things. Yeah. Because I didn't, I needed so much validation at yeah. the time. Right. Um, because I wasn't as open, and I didn't know how to take care of myself at yeah. all. Um, or if I did, I wasn't going to. Sure. Like, that's something I s- really admire with you is that being able to, to reflect on and take care of yourself as you are another human being and, like, yeah. And oh, to it's exercise. like a very new thing. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, regardless, it's still, like, there's still times I'm, like, I can't even, like, I can't. I had a dream. I had a baby recently, which I, I don't want children. Yeah. I never have. Interesting. Um, and a week before that, I was pregnant in one of them. Um, and I was saying, I was like, I, there's no way I yeah. can take care of a child. I can't take care of me. Um, have you watched Russian Doll yet? I've watched the first episode. <gasps> Keep watching yeah. it. Cause it I does, loved kinda, it. it does really kind of address what you're saying. 
excited. But it's like whether or not you want to be a mother page, you have to be a mother to little page. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Like that's not a choice we got to make, but here we are. Yeah. You know? That's very true. And I think for so long, like I uh, was just like, I would I would kind of um, swing wildly between like being all adult and all child. This is like when I was going through my PTSD mm-hmm. stuff. So I'd be like all adult or all child. And I really did like let myself like be a child kind of for a year. Yeah. Um, and like did not do a great job of like my adult responsibilities. But it's because I felt like I was so adult in my marriage and treated with such disrespect and treated so childishly that um, I was like, well, I get to fucking be a kid now. Yeah. You know, and say fuck it all. Which, you know, then you come to your senses and it doesn't feel good. Right. <laughs> doesn't feel good anymore. Yeah. And now I feel like I'm doing a much more, I like have a much more balanced sense of what it means to, to explore my child and to be an adult. Yeah. Like there's a time and a place for things. Right. And I think I, that is something that I yearn to do and, 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 and try to do. Because I, at the, at the core, like I'm, I'm pretty responsible, mm-hmm. um, but also the other side of I, I, I it is definitely at thirty seventy at this point. Yeah, with you know being child more childlike and like I can't even make um, doctor's appointments. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> I finally made one for Monday, and I for the OBGYN, and she's like, "When was the last time you'd been one?" And I'm like, "I couldn't tell you. Yeah, that's ridiculous. I know. I've also had insurance for almost two years. Yeah. That's crazy." Uh, you're an adult. <laughs> make a uh, doctor's appointment. I think it still goes on. Yeah. Um, make a doctor's appointment and, like, take care of yourself in that way. So, like, the fact that you exercise makes a huge difference. Yes? Such a huge difference. Oh, man. Yeah, um, because at the end of the day, like, if, I, if I'm if i not killing it, it at work and I haven't been on, on an audition in a week and I'm feeling really down, at least I can go lift some 25-pound weights yeah. over my head and feel strong. Yeah. You know, because it is. Um, uh, my brother is, teaches yoga, and mm-hmm. um, he posted something. He was like, "Exercise is not about, you know, you're exercising because you ate pizza or whatever. Yeah, it's about what your body is capable of." Yeah, and I was like, "Oh man, I feel dumb that it took 36 years for me to like totally, truly understand that because that's that's yeah. the important part of it. I, right? It literally took me until this year to be like, "Oh, I'm celebrating how strong I can be. Yes, and what I'm capable and the, of, doing. and what I'm capable of doing." And what, like, I'm afforded to do. Yeah. And it's so, I think it's so important for your brain for that reason. Mm-hmm. That it's like. Because you can think you can't get out of bed, but look. Right. Like, if I could manage to, yeah, yeah, drag myself out of bed. Yeah. To just do, I don't have to go anywhere. I yeah. can do stuff at home. Um, even if it doesn't necessarily change my whole perspective, but at least for those 30 minutes, like I did feel strong. And those are things that I've had to realize, like I'm going to appreciate those 30 minutes that I'm doing this or this 10 minutes that I'm doing something or every single experience. Um, I think something that has helped me. uh, So I like, I don't like running or jogging or any of that stuff, but like that's half of these, I go do orange theory and like that's half the class is basically running. And so you know, we, we do it in like little increments. So it'll be like, you'll do a push pace, which should feel uncomfortable, but it's not your everything. And then there's like a base pace, which is like, you can maintain this. Then you do all outs. 
and you know during those all outs I actually think that's when I like something clicks in my brain about depression because I tell myself 30 seconds anybody you can do anything for 30 seconds yeah. 20 seconds you can do anything for 20 seconds 10 seconds you know like and then you're done yeah. I just I literally say that to myself the whole time I'm like I, you can do anything for this amount of time yeah that's what I try to do too because I do a lot of like incremental like, yeah. workout and it and changing from you know I live with some pretty people that are in this industry and mm -hmm. um, that are very focused on the way that they look yeah um, by all means and, and I am to a degree but I, I'm not willing to do a lot of drastic things sure um, for it and and learning to use exercise as the form of uh, it's something I can do about yeah. it. Yeah. There's totally. something I can do. It regardless of how I the result of how I look is an added bonus totally. at the end of that the day yeah. and then it's not the goal. It is not to lose weight. I don't I did the keto and um that felt really good and I did it but it, I couldn't maintain it. Yeah. Um it was too much to think about yeah. on top of the other things to think about um, something that um a doctor told me once was like i was telling her i was going to do keto and this is when i was still on depression medication and um she was like yeah you have to eat carbs uh if you're going to be on depression medication like because there's nothing for the serotonin to like connect to um or something about that like there's nothing like you have to have carbohydrates to get the drug to your brain basically yeah. um so that was interesting. That made me think about good and bad foods, like, in yeah. a very different way. I'm like, well, if my body needs it to get something somewhere, like... Right. So why am it, I My body probably it? needs it, just yeah. in general. Yeah. 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 I don't know. It For me, it's like, I uh, diet in moderation. I don't, want the, I don't want the things I put in my mouth to make me feel like shit. That's like my main, yeah. <laughs> that's my main dietary like restriction. So what things, like just crappy food? Like I don't or? eat pizza. Oh, you're I, so strong. Like I'll, if I'm drunk maybe and it's the only thing open, I'll have a slice of pizza. But like I don't seek out like pizza. I try not to have pasta. I love pasta. I'm a Italian girl. Um, I love pasta. I try not to have pasta dishes because I know it'll just like, whether I'm depressed or not, I'm going to want to sleep for the rest of the day hmm. or, you know, like even the next day I might feel groggy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I, I'm like, okay, I need a lot of energy to get through the day. So I try to focus on eating things that I know will give me energy. And, you know, like today we had birthday cake at work, whatever. Like I'm going to have a birthday cake. Yeah. Have the, I also, cause I wasn't eating sugar and it's several times I've like I, taken I sugar. I do think I need to get off sugar. Sugar out of my diet and the difference that that makes. You're out, you're off sugar. No, I wish. Um, but well, I did yeah. the times that I've done it and I've done it for, you know, extended periods of time. And what's the, the longest you've been? I think probably three months. Okay. Wow. Which is a lot. That is a lot. Cause um, sugar's in everything. Look at oh me like God. I'm crashing right now yeah. probably cause I had that cake today. Well, like, <laughs> and that's a, the nice thing that you're able to correlate that. Yeah. With how you feel. Whereas I'm like, ugh, like I really have to think about it. I'm like, well, I'm so tired. Well, I I think the reason I do that is because, so when I was married and there were things going on in my marriage that I didn't understand, I felt very disconnected from my intuition. Mm -hmm. And I started seeing a health, um, holistic health coach. Okay. And she um, really, what was interesting is like, she got me thinking about, my like, 
being intuitive about how I ate and like thinking about like oh that food makes me feel good that food makes mm-hmm. me feel bad or like I, I'm drawn to that food when I feel bad or like to make those connections between feelings and food because she would say people walk into her office and say uh, I'm an emotional eater and she's like yeah duh we're all yeah. emotional eaters like everyone associates emotion with eating drinking like we just do it um, and so that was really cool but anyway yeah <laughs> what was interesting about that is like that was around the time that it turned out my husband was had started cheating on me three years before we divorced because I didn't know about it. Mm-hmm. And I still couldn't tap into that part of my intuition. Yeah. Like this is in my late 20s. So I'm not, I think it takes you at least until your 30s to be really fully like, okay, I'm listening now to your yeah. gut. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Yeah. Some people are just really good at it, but I don't know. I know, and and to feel betrayed by yourself almost. Yeah. You know? Well, people say to me now, well, when I was going through the worst of the emotional stuff and the fallout of the divorce, like, and people would say to me, you really didn't know? That was so hurtful to me. Like, I wanted... I remember one time my mom said that to me on the phone and she she fully thought I was in a place where, and I could hear that for some reason. Yeah. I don't know. But she, and I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" And I think I like screamed at her and like hung up because <sighs> I was just like, "Don't put it on me." Yeah. <laughs> I don't need to be fucking Jerry Orbach in my own marriage. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. I don't need to be Why is it law and order up in this shit? Yeah. Um but uh, now when people, I had someone that <laughs> I, was, I went on a work walk with and we kind of like shared some things about our lives and they were like, so really you didn't know? And I was like, no, I see now that I did know. It just was too painful to admit to myself the things that I saw that were wrong. Also, every time I said, um, excuse me, this doesn't look right to the person that had made a lot of promises to me. Right promise to love and cherish me and respect me and respect means like be truthful with me this person would sit and lie directly to my face so you know like it wasn't so much that I didn't trust my own intuition because I would speak up in those moments it's the fact that I um this person was shaping my worldview in a way that they didn't deserve all the trust I was giving them yeah and that's that's the thing that it's like I did know what was happening and I questioned it and I was right but then you lied and against my better judgment I continued to believe you um, it was it's in it and that honestly goes even deeper to the point where like I don't think I was raised I think I was raised to question things mm-hmm. but I don't think I was raised to trust myself when the world comes back with a lie interesting so like in the face of someone telling you something you know isn't true I wasn't um like I wasn't like strong enough in my conviction there which is like I I think is something I honestly think girls are trained out of that because if we called it I mean we call out the things that we see that are fucked up and people will tell us no you mm, you're being a little over dramatic with that yeah and we still go oh yeah I guess I was being over over dramatic yeah. I think only recently we're now like, no, actually, it fucking sucks. 
And you telling me that it's overdramatic is the only reason all this shit continues. Yep. I don't know how many times. And, like, some of this was maybe I was being overly dramatic, but there came to a point where, like, when I was working in New York, I worked at a restaurant, and um, I, I was pretty high up, and, like, as far as I, I was responsible and I was a lead and things mm-hmm. like that. And so I would go in and, like, you, for the most part, pretty level-headed about situations. And then that's what I was received like oh you're you're too sensitive or you're being over dramatic about that or whatever yeah and then i would sit there and be like i do not think i am but then i would have to listen to other people and be like i think you're you care too much to a degree i cared too much sure um but not to the degree to not be listened to you know um and to have to sit there and question myself now yeah like oh well was i and like no you were yeah you you were a woman and that's why you're seen this way end of discussion yeah 100%. If a dude had gone in and said the exact same thing, I'm sure whatever if the situation was, was resolved. But I think that men, and this is like me, you know, speaking in large generalities, I don't think men tend to, if like a man's like, mm, no, that's not right. And then somebody else is like, no, no, sir, please sit down. You're wrong. He's like, okay, suit yourself. Like, he still believes what he believes. Yeah. But I think, like, most women are will sit down and be like, oh, maybe I was wrong about that. Yeah. No. Like, believe what you believe. Yeah. And you can disagree. Yes. Yeah. But I just think, yeah, there's something, a, compl- a compliance issue uh, with women to try to be like, oh, yeah, I guess, I guess you are right. Yeah. What is that? I don't oh, know. So aggravating. I recently, well, it's not even recently. It was like a year ago. I got to be a part of a really great um, Channel 101 web series called Making Partner. It's about these two female lawyers who are trying desperately to make partner in their law firm. And, uh, you know, like f- a five-minute little comedy mm-hmm. web series, like beautifully shot. Um, very proud of my friends. They actually won like best. Uh, oh God, now I'm being LA gross. They won. <laughs> they won like best uh, series of the year for Channel 101's awards, oh, which cool. was very cool. Yeah. But in one episode, we got to a bunch of us got to play women who had become men for the sake of like making partner at a law firm, and <laughs> we did this scene where we just improvised how to be a man because we decided to take these two lawyers under our wing and we're like we'll show you how to be men so you can you know and it was just like they would they would throw us questions like well what do i have to care about (laughs) i just was like your your balls (laughs) yeah Uh, your country (laughs) yeah just like i don't know um it was fun we all were like man spreading on set just like wig it out that's cool just so much freedom. Yes. I felt it. I felt the freedom of being a, nice. a man in America. Yeah. Um, mm. Yeah, but... I mean, that's not to say I think there are a lot of... I don't know that it's gendered necessarily, the anxiety of like, well, maybe I am wrong and self-doubt. I see that yeah. in a lot of my male yeah. friends, too. But um, I do think there's the the intense desire to question question oneself is strong with women. Yeah. I agree with that wholeheartedly. I mean, we don't have a man here to ask. Oh, God. Maybe, should I phone a friend? <laughs> should I text a friend real quick? 
Hey, do you doubt yourself a lot? I think lots of men do. No, of course they do. I mean, look at how hard dating is for both genders. Not in the same way and not to the same capacity. You know, and I I don't know. We're women. We don't know. So I I can't, we can't speak for them, I guess, but just from pure observation. Yeah. I assume. Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) Did we do it? Did we talk about depression? Yeah, we did it. Oh my God, yay. Yeah. Cross that off my anxiety list today. I know I a couple of people I'm like I'm I do this and I'm still anxious every time yeah which is crazy um, because but you're doing it yeah I mean I'm so doing great. it and I love it and I um, I really enjoy it but it's such an interesting thing to be doing something about depression and yeah like have especially it. there have been days that like I've had a, yeah. like a I've either had to cancel or like um, or I've had to go, I went through one. An interview, and I was just the whole time. I was just like, "Can these be over, please?" Oh like, yeah, you know. So and it's hard. just like it's, it, but yeah. it's so interesting to to be doing this thing to to kind of talk and make aware, you mm-hmm. know, um, or have an awareness of it, and still go through it. Like, yeah, you know, I think sometimes you think that you're on top and you've mastered it, and then something else comes oh along. Oh my god! It's like, no, it's just something that I deal with yep. for my life. So yeah. Oh, it was so lovely talking to oh, you. Oh, lovely to be here. Are you doing anything right now? Are you in a show? Let's see. Oh, I don't know when this is going to come out, so probably it'll probably It'll be, be a week or next. Okay. Well, I am doing a show this Saturday, but that doesn't help yeah. anybody. Where is it at there? Uh, it's at the Pack Theater. It's called uh, Maximum Sketch Battle. Yeah, that's what it's called. Um, it's, yeah, it's like a fun show that I'm just like a hodgepodge group of people get are put together mm-hmm. as a team, and then you do all these sketch challenges. Cool. It's like fun. That. Um, what are we doing? God, do you still do stand up? Um, so I, when I do stand up, I do like characters and like bits okay. and stories and things. Um, so I'm not like a strict stand up. I do improv here and there, and I yeah. do obviously do sketch. Um, yeah, I don't actually have anything coming up. Yeah, I don't think I don't have. I don't have any regular shows that I'm in. I'm just like, people wrangle me into things, and I'm like, okay, yeah, okay, lovely. Oh wait, this actually yes. Oh, uh, I do. I'm doing a show on March 17th called Sketch That Tune at the Pack at 9:30, I believe, and I will be playing Adele. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, Sketch That Tune is like a, a music-related sketch show. And uh, they usually have a celebrity guest in quotes every and time. And it's going to be me. I'm going to be a, I'm gonna be oh Adele. So exciting. I'm going to sing some songs. <laughs> and um, maybe I'll cackle a little bit like this. <laughs> it's part of my Adele. Impression. I love it. it She's like cackles like perfect. one of those uh, Monty Python witches. Uh even better. <laughs> I like love her. Yeah. She's the best. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, Kaylee. thank you. Been a pleasure. How much fun was Kaylee Quick? I really enjoyed talking to her so so much. It's so nice to um talk to somebody that is doing so much work on themselves and really taking care of themselves. And at this point in my life, I've kind of don't feel like I know how to take care of myself and I have a lot of other issues <laughs> that it should probably uh, be talked about in therapy but um, it was so nice to see 
I mean, granted, I didn't know her before, but to see someone who does value themselves highly and and regards themselves in a positive and uh, healthy way, and I just, man, she was so great. I, like, I felt bad for talking uh, because I just wanted to listen to her keep talking, um, and I'm so grateful that she came on. I hope that you guys enjoyed it as much as I did and and found the value um, in everything that she was saying. She was so lovely to meet and to get to chat with, and I hope I get to do it again. And I hope that everyone has been having a great couple weeks and that February is uh, has welcomed them warmly because it's February. see her show if you live in LA. She is very funny. I have seen her perform and she's a joy to watch on stage for sure. Um, other than that, as always, go like, rate, review um, on iTunes and Stitcher and we are on Instagram and Facebook at Greetings from Depression. I forgot what my podcast was called for a second. That is embarrassing. I when I sat down to introduce her, I also immediately forgot her name. Like, how embarrassing. It was, I was so embarrassed. Like, you know, like, for split seconds, you forget things. Ah, anyway, Kaylee Quick, I will never forget your name. Um, go like us, rate, review, share, um, subscribe, do all of those wonderful things. Thank you to Rio Brown for my artwork, Dunbar Dix for my microphone, and my lovely roommates for being so quiet most of the time. And thank you to Miss uh, Dr. Turtle and uh, Miss Dr. Taylor's Answers the Door for my intro after music. Uh, and I uh, wish you nothing but joy, love, self-acceptance, happiness, uh, ice cream, pizza, anything that you want, heart desires. I hope you are enough.